Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Welcome to Parks and Recollection. I am Rob Lowe, joined by the wonderful Alan Yang. How are you doing, Alan? I'm good. How are you, Rob Lowe? Well, I'm very excited about this episode, as you can imagine. Why it's is that? It's been a long time coming, <laughs> because today we are doing The Master Plan. The episode was written by Mike Schur himself and directed by the great Dean Holland. The original air date was season two, episode 23, May 13th. 2010 this is the episode where everyone is excited about celebrating april's 21st birthday except leslie who is preoccupied with the prospects of her budget being cut by the state auditors representatives and who might those be who might they be well if you could cast anybody (laughs) if you could cast any two people to come out of the bullpen at this point in the show's life Adam Scott, I would, I would, Adam Scott and John Stamos. <laughs> Stamos, David Hasselhoff, you know, the, the, the options are endless. Adam Scott and Jason Bateman. Jason Patrick. <laughs> Adam Scott and Patrick Bateman <laughs> from American go. Psycho. But no. Yeah, not, a, we, we, I have your answer for you, Rob, in our Nope's Notes section, K-N-O-T-E-S. The Master Plan marked the first appearance of soon-to-become regulars Adam Scott and... Rob Lowe. Yes. <laughs> so, Rob's your first... Are you excited? It's your first appearance in the show, Rob. We got there. We got there. We got <laughs> there. I've been so waiting for, for this. Um, I Don't forget this. is. A, I also laugh at my credit in, in the episode, which is... It's, it says, Adam Scott, and then it says, and introducing Rob Lowe. Yes. That's which, our second which was a, Nope's note. If you see the credits, uh, t- take note of that. It's a, it's a little in-joke because Rob has done a few shows and movies before this one. So introducing is not traditionally the credit for him, but that's what we did. It was a little in-joke for, for the audience. Um, yeah, new kid on the block. You know, you got to, you, 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 did me, you did me a solid yeah. with that credit. Welcome to the world. Thanks. Welcome to the showbiz. Welcome to showbiz, yes. Rob. Uh, and two more notes. Notes. Andy refers to John Ralphio as Ralph Macchio. Ralph had his breakout role in The Outsiders, 1983, alongside Rob. That's some meta shit. That's right a there, meta baby. shit. Ralph Macchio can currently be seen in Cobra Kai. <laughs> there, there he is. Um, and then the final notes note, in this episode, six characters meet their eventual spouses. They are mm. Anna, Chris, Leslie and Ben, and Tom and Lucy. Talk about a master plan. Look at that. Wow. Look at that was writing. That, was that by... You guys couldn't have known that. No, I, I think it, it, a little. It's a little bit coincidental, but it's also a little bit by design because we wanted. You know, we'll get into a little bit more in, in terms of the construction of the episode. But certainly, you know, we had something in mind for Leslie and Ben, and we felt like, oh, Rob Lowe's in the show. It makes sense for him to have something, maybe burning a little even hotter than that other one because that was a slow burning romance, right? We were was a long, playing the long game with that one, so we're like, oh, it'd be fun if we 
you know, hooked Chris up with Ann and, and that, that didn't come about till later in the process. I believe that came up after the table read. And then Tom and Lucy, you know, I think we, we are at a point where like, let's stop making Tom so pathetic and let's start, uh, you know, working on his character arc. And so he meets Lucy played by the wonderful Natalie Morales, very talented uh, actor and, and director as well. Directed two movies in the last year, I think. She, I thought she was so so funny in this. Um, shall we get into this episode? It's so exciting. We, we have a lot to talk about. We have a yeah, lot to talk away. about. So, Leslie excitedly prepares to present the Parks Department's budget proposal or master plan. This is a real thing, by the way. The, the master plan's a real thing. However, the city manager announces that due to Pawnee's huge budget deficit, all proposals will be postponed indefinitely. State auditors are on their way on orders from the governor to solve the impasse. Leslie has sheer terror over the likelihood of severe cuts, while Ron is as delighted as Ron gets. So, you know, we kind of talked about the genesis of the episode in, in the writer's room a, a, a lot. And, and, you know, at the time it was kind of ripped from the headlines because a number of states were shutting down schools, parks, and other services due to the global recession. For those of you old enough, you know, uh, the government was always kind of on the verge of shutting down. It was like, it was, it was a real thing to save money. I remember there, you know, I don't know if you remember that Rob, but sometimes there'd be almost like a, a congressional shutdown, like a national government shutdown. So this was kind oh, of yeah. inspired by that in some ways. Yeah. Every, uh, it seems, yeah, it's a, it's a story that, happens in cycles you know shutting down governments and uh yeah and it's and it's funny because um the notion that two bean counters would would show up and shut everything down is uh only in pawnee right yeah it's so funny because it's like it's like on paper it's like the most boring setup possible but it just it just works, right? That's sometimes the ethos of the show. It's like, let's take something that shouldn't work. It's like, instead of like two cops coming in or two like FBI agents, it's like, what if they're auditors? <laughs> and like, it's like, that shouldn't work. But there's something, you know, something about that makes it funnier than it has any right to be, you know? And I think, you know, before before we knew it was going to be you guys, I think it was like, should it be one person or two people? I think all of that kind of got discussed. And we really, you know, Mike, Mike really shaped the characters around who we cast. And so that's kind of, that's kind of how that came about. You, you know, Rob, do you remember, uh, you know, coming in and, and meeting, meeting the writers and meeting the staff of the show? Yeah. So it, it, it's a sort of interesting, long story, which I'll make brief. Um, I had just finished doing, um, a show called brothers and sisters, which is successful, ran for like seven seasons or whatever the hell it did. And it was super, super fun, but, it, but it was a, like a, like, it was like a version of this is us, like super straight, super, like, you know, overwrought family stuff and, and not a laugh to be found anywhere. And I, I really was like, ah, I, like I needed to move as far away from that as I possibly could. And there was a minute where there was talk that I was going to come on to 30 rock and do something as Alec Baldwin's nemesis brother, whatever the hell it would be. And that very quickly did not happen. But the network said, would, would I be interested in coming on to parks and rec? And, you know, there's always two sides to every story. I'm sure what was going on in the network talking to Mike and Mike talking to the network was probably a, a, a different iteration of it. But on my end of it, that's how it all played out. And I was like, oh, I love Parks and Rec. I would, that could be really cool. So um, we had a get to know you meeting and I came in and I met with Mike and I remember Amy was, uh, made a surprise appearance, which was awesome. I'd never met her and she was super sweet and just, you know, delightful. And Mike, there was no character. There was no idea what I would be. Nothing. It was like, would you come on? Do we want you to come on? Would what, what do you think? What do you like? It was sort of for Mike and I both to decide how we felt about it, but there wasn't an idea at all. I'm sure Mike had an idea. Um, and somehow we started talking about Tom Cruise. I don't know how, how we started talking about Tom Cruise, but we did. And I did um, an impersonation of Tom who's super enthusiastic super positive and super specific <laughs> and super focused. And I did this thing of him a, a bit. I do of him, but it's based on him actually doing it one time on the set of the outsiders. And he was a kid. This isn't even Tom movie star, powerful guy. This is Tom first movie. And he was ordering a water 
at a restaurant. And he was like, the waiter came up. He's like, I'd like a water. I'd like it in a glass. And I'd like it with a lemon. And I'm like, cold. And like, but like super <laughs> focused. Yeah. And Mike loved that so much. And that was the beginning of Chris Traeger. Then later on, I threw in elements of um, Kenny G, of all people. <laughs> you got to tell more of that. You got to talk more about that. What, what, what elements of Kenny G? Kenny G is, an, is a longtime family friend. And Kenny is the most positive person I know. And, and, and only really interested in what goes on within six inches out of outside of his own body. So he's, he's very, very, he's very, he's very excited about everything. He's like, oh, like, um, I remember at one point I did, I had a line about raisins in the show and, and I said, it was raisins, nature's candy. And I was like, that's, that would be what Kenny G would say. Like, like he's that kind of guy. He's excited about everything. Oh, raisins. I like raisins. Ooh. Um, oh, it's sunny out today. Hello, it's sunny. It's hot out. I like that. And that's, so I just used that little bit of Kenny, that little bit of Tom Cruise you know, and, and, and layered it over what, what Mike wrote as, as Traeger. I love that. The, the classic Tom Cruise, Kenny G synthesis. We it's just, you know, it's, it's that old <laughs> thing, the, the thing you do yeah, as you do with your two close friends, but well, no, yeah, you know, you know, the, the fame, the most famous synthesis story just quickly ever was they asked, um, Anthony Hopkins was asked how he came up with Hannibal Lecter. You know what his, my synthesis was Tom Cruise, Kenny G, you know what his synthesis was for Hannibal Lecter, the computer, how from 2001, Hmm. with Catherine Hepburn, with Olivier as the entertainer. That's insane. That's like, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's also, like, if you know those references, you go, oh yeah, you can do I the actually math. get that. You can do the yeah. math. And, 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 you know, that, that impression, I love to do the impression of you doing the impression of Tom Cruise because it's this cadence <laughs> and it really is the Traeger cadence, man. It really is. It's, it's, and it's so funny to hear, you know, you talk about it from your point of view as the as the actor, right? As the performer and how you shape the character and how you're pulling from your personal experience because that's always the best stuff, right? It's like, you know yeah. these people, you know, you know, how they see the world and how they phrase things and, and their, their rhythm and their cadence, like we said. And then from the writer's perspective, what we're in introducing and what we're incorporating into the part, and it always, it builds. Like you said, like you're putting Tom and Kenny together and we're putting together you know, things from our lives, right? So I remember, you know, it's funny that I say I, I, I impersonate your impersonation because sometimes at the table reads, if you weren't able to do it, I would read Chris Traeger at the table reads. And there was an element also early on where where Mike was like, oh, I think Chris should be a health nut. You know, he's very positive, all this stuff. And I had brought in a, a pull-up bar into the writer's room office and I had it, my office adjoined the writer's room where everyone met. And so I had this pull-up bar and I put it up in my doorway and just do pull-ups all day <laughs> because I, it was like, you're in the writer's room for you know 12 hours a day, you're not exercising. So I would do pull-ups while people, I'm sure this was so annoying, people were pitching and people were talking about the story and I would just be doing pull-ups. And so we gave that uh, trait to Chris Traeger as well. So in, literally in you know the, his first episode, in this episode, he's doing pull-ups in the background while, while Leslie's talking to, 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 to Ben. It was kismet because um, I, at the time, was training for the cover of men's fitness <laughs> yeah so you could do those pull-ups he's really doing the pull-ups everybody every every guy knows when they were in their most peak shape of their lives particularly when they get to be in the mid-50s you know like that was it I, i'll never forget it. it was this episode this episode is me at my absolute peak i was 47 i was training for the cover of men's fitness which i did while we were shooting this and it just so happened that you wrote a scene where I'd do continuous pull-ups in the background because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do it. You're, you're doing them so effortlessly, it's it looks like it's CGI. It looks like someone is lifting you up because I'm like literally in the background, like I still do pull-ups. By the way, Rob, I still do pull-ups every day. I try to do like 100 pull-ups a day, but you're doing wow. them really effortlessly. Yeah, I do I do sets of 20. It's not that impressive because I, I, I'm not a super heavy guy, but yeah, it, it, it's it, yeah, it, it, it's really great. And and I don't know, we, we have a lot more to talk about this episode. Let's yeah. Keep going with the synopsis, and, and, and we can talk about you and Adam and all that. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah, guys, before we move on, I have to tell you, Rob, you talking about your first time in the room inspired me just now to open up my notes from that first time you came oh, in wow. to oh see God. what we talked about. Um, and not just that, but before, when we knew you were going to join the show, what your character could have been if it wasn't um, oh, a man uh, auditor for the state 
budget office. Oh, lay it on us. How do we bring two people in at the same time was a big question, right? Because it's not you coming in one time and Adam another time. So that was a big thing. How do we bring the two of you in? And one of the things for your character was potentially Adam would come in from the state, but you could have been the mayor Mm. or a new city manager. My favorite one that got a lot of traction was that you potentially were going to be the director of the library department, (laughs) uh, where you and Tammy Swanson um had like a history together um and all the library people are going to move into the parks offices but then what was great is i get to see my notes and what really settled on at the time is that uh you come in and you are uh just a good person and the one of the things is that people are going to say is you know your character would say i'm here to do this job it's not personal but I have to do this. And I think from there is when most of the notes then spawn. Like that was the genesis for so many people in the room. If how do we then build a character around that notion of like, I'm a good guy who has to do a job. Um, and so I then get to look at my notes from when you came into the room to meet with us. And the day before someone pitched um, that your character should be extremely intense and focused like Tom Cruise tends to be. No. And the very first thing brought up when you came in was that, because I have in my notes that morning, Robolo loves that the character is a can-do positive Tom Cruise-like, and then you went and you did that, uh, the ordering of a, uh, a glass of water wow. bit. Um, and you came up with, by the way, that your character should live to 150 and you said, my genetic age is nothing close to my actual age, which I think is incredible. Wow. That, I love that you have those notes. I know. That is, that's like Christmas morning. You it opens, really uh, is. Those are great presents. Rob, have you ever heard any of this information? Like, I, No. This is amazing to hear for me because, A, because you think of what might have been. Like, yep. what would, if, like, if there was... Well, anything other than Chris Traeger, as we know him, is heartbreaking because we all love, I mean, including me, I love Chris Traeger. So the notion of of some guy from the library go, but that means there's no Chris Traeger is sad. But it's also like super like, what would I have done with that? I wonder what I would have come up with. Wouldn't have been Kenny G and Tom Cruise. I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you you being Tammy Swanson's ex or you being the mayor right? or you being the city manager. I mean, the city manager is like, you know, it's a whole different job. It's just a whole different. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna give you one last bit just to put a bow on that, Rob, yeah. because you said there could have been no Chris Traeger. I have here what your name was decided to be. And for the longest time, your name was supposed to be Chris Melm. <laughs> M-E-H-L-M. <What>? Chris Melm? <laughs> what? And it's a classic <laughs> Mike Shore. It's a classic yeah. Mike Shore moment. So there you go, bud. That's well, I remember I remember getting a script where it was where I I remember getting a script where it was Chris Yeager. Yes, it was Melm and then then Yeager and then Yeager didn't clear, I believe, legally. Yes. You know, for for those of you out there, if if you name a character on a TV show, you have to go through a whole legal process. You just you just can't make up a name and bingo it goes on TV. So we ended up with Chris Traeger. But man, Chris Melm, you got you lucked out, man. Chris Traeger is much more the character, in my opinion. It could have been Chris Melm. The head of the library. Yes, exactly. Instead, That's... we got Chris Traeger, who is going to live to be 130 <laughs> yes, years old. Yes. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. April's turning 21 and is having her birthday party at Tom's favorite nightclub, the Snake Hole Lounge. Andy debates whether to ask April to be his girlfriend, but worries about the age difference because he's 29. 
Anne is broken up with Mark, and they meet for lunch to discuss the end of their relationship. Mark is confused as to why Anne has decided to break up with him because they never fought and everything seemed to be going smoothly. Anne explains their lack of fighting was actually a bad thing because it meant their relationship had no passion. Um, we could talk a little bit more about how Mark actually, this is insane, Adam Scott originally auditioned to play Mark. So he had been on Greg and Mike's radar for a while. And I, that's, that's another fascinating thing where we got to watch some of these auditions. And like, for instance, you know, for, for, for the Ron Swanson character, Mike O'Malley, who's a great actor, auditioned to play, to play Ron. And, and we watched Offerman's audition and, and Mike O'Malley's audition. They were both great. But of course, uh, they ended up casting Nick. And, and you know, as similarly, Adam auditioned to play Mark. And they ended up casting Paul Schneider. But what a, what a crazy, you know, if, if, if Adam got cast as Mark, we'd never have Ben Wyatt. And it would have been totally different, you know? It just would have been a different show. I, I really like, it's so interesting watching this episode because Ad, Adam looks like such a baby. I, I'm, so Adam, spoiler alert for this new show that I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing a new show with Maya Rudolph for, uh, for Apple and Adam's in that show. So I've been editing Adam and it's like, man, he just looks like a little kid in this one. His hair is so funny. You look the same, Rob. But Adam, Adam looks like a baby. Adam, Adam, just like he's got that like bed head and like he's just adorable in this. I, I found his. I, I found when you guys walk in, it's just it's just it's just a great moment in the show. You know, it's like it's just, you guys are just. It feels like you guys know the characters already, and it's it's so early on. You know, it's so funny you say that. Uh, having I just watched the show before we came into the studio to record this, and. What I was struck by is those care, not so much Ben is, it's not that his character isn't formed because he's given an actual turn. Yes. He, you guys write a turn for him, but Traeger is fully formed. Like he walks in, he's like, oh, there's fucking Chris Traeger. His first line is, is like, it's, it's, it's a, it's an iconic line. He's saying people's names. It's the first thing he does. It's pretty crazy. And then he's super positive, right? In the first scene. Well, the point, the, the point was a Tom Cruise thing. Interesting as we, so as the character developed, we moved away from the Tom Cruise of it all. The, the super like gnarly intensity. We, that kind of went away. It was, it's funny as actors, sometimes you the key that gets you into a character is not what you need to sustain a character. And that helped me find it. But in the end, it wasn't the most interesting thing to play. So the pointing thing, which is, makes me laugh. It really made me laugh. I am pointing in the background of a talking head in it, which makes me laugh. in in this episode, we got, we moved away from that pretty quick, but it was a, a great way to introduce the character. It was a good physical bit. Yeah, and and let's just get into that. You know that scene. It, it just it's in the it's in the conference, not the conference. It's in the sort of bullpen area. State auditors Chris Traeger and Ben White arrive. They're finally in the show. The extremely cheerful Chris paints an optimistic picture of how they'll fix the budget, but leaves the details to the more serious Ben. When Ben explains they'll need to slash the budget of every department by nearly forty to fifty percent, Leslie angrily lashes out at Ben, who responds to her that it's their poorly managed government that is to blame. And you know you're exactly right. When you guys walk. In, it's like you have that Tom Cruise intensity and then over time it felt like that Kenny G positivity took over a lot of it and a lot of our jokes were just like about how how you could spin everything in a positive way and mean it and be genuine and then I love I, I almost forgot about the the sort of element that you're so positive because you have this uh, you know you had this heart condition and and that I felt like really humanized the character and, and and so you know that comes down the road but man it's it feels like it's all kind of you know falling into place already in this episode. Adam is so funny and dry <laughs> in this. Where I go, where I'm like, okay, and I am gonna bolt, fail, <laughs> and then you cut immediately to me. Okay, so we're gonna talk about how we're gonna cut all, it. I I got physical agita watching him. I feel like I've been in that. I've lived in that moment. Whether it's you know sitting down with a studio executive who doesn't like the script I've written or whatever, or you like, oh, this is not gonna go well. Yeah, Adam is so funny. He's so dry and so. Like we all know that guy yes. in a meeting, right? And and it's to me, it's it's a it's a testament to Adam. You know, his range has how small he can be and be funny at the same time. And then you see him in Step Brothers, and he's super douchey and broad and big and hilarious. And then he can play a super you know dry 
drag character who's also funny in in Ben and 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 man it, it's it's a treat to watch him and I think again kudos to Mike uh, you know a lot of credit has to go to Mike because the way he built these two characters in opposition to each other using two very talented and very different performers in you and Adam that all takes forethought you know that sort of the way it all sort of coagulates and coalesces and you two coming in it it it's really effective and as you said we'll get to the turn later in, in the episode for Ben but. Man, it, you don't see it coming, and then he also gives you great stuff with Rashida later on. So, so it's really like you know, really, really kudos to Mike for that because I remember you know Greg's notes were wonderful, and I also remember being in that room. You know, what do we do? You know, it's introducing two new characters in the show is not trivial, and we we really thought about it a lot, and there was a lot of spirited debates. You know, I, I remember, you know. Cause, cause, man, it's a huge thing for a show. It's a huge thing for a show, and and huge. you know, and and I would I would defy anyone to say it didn't work because it it works so and it just worked really well. And and it was almost like you guys, this is this is we talked about it before, but it's almost like this is this this is the version of the show everyone kind of remembers and loves. Remembers. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's you guys coming in, you know. And there are there are other shows in out there in TV where you remember specific years. I mean, I think, I think, look, if you look at ER, you remember the years George Clooney was on ER and then, you know, the show ran forever without him. But when you think of ER, you think of those times and, and it's like this, this team was the team. This was, this was, this was, this was, and I think it's for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is when you guys had really had the time to learn what show you were making. You know, I mean, we, we've done a bunch of these episodes and if you, you, you guys, listeners, you've been with us through the beginning, you remember these, the initial episodes, uh, my, my comments were, it felt like, it, like a, like a Richard Linklater movie. It didn't feel anything like Parks and Recreation to me. And, and, and now it's Parks and Rec. Yes. And, and I would say, you know, I love a lot of the season two episodes. I think the show's really hitting its stride. And then we hit this run where you guys come in near the end of season two and this run from master plan until the harvest festival episode in, in, in season three, like that run is, is to me probably the, the, the show peaking, right? The show just kind of every firing in all cylinders and it starts, it kicks off with this episode, essentially. I mean, this starts that story arc and then we, then again, we banged our heads against the wall trying to figure out how it resolves. Man, I can't wait to talk about those episodes too. But, but you know, this run, the end of season two and the beginning of season three, that includes flu season. It includes, you know, the Harvest Festival, includes Go Big or Go Home, all these episodes, you know, th th that felt like the show clicking on all cylinders to me. Question for you, Rob, how long was the process from the offer on the show to, to acceptance to, to you, you, you joining the cast? Well, I, I knew after the meeting with Mike, I, I wanted to be on the show and, and, and I think Mike knew that he wanted to figure, to have me on the show. So there, there was no hesitation. I don't think on either part, but what we all did do was, um, because as you say, it's a huge thing. I mean, you know, nobody knows what the chemistry is going to be like. I mean, you hope. And you just don't know. And it's a really cohesive team. Everybody's been working great together. And then you bring in, you know, people, you just don't know what the effect is. So they made a deal where I would do six episodes. And at the end of the six episodes, we would all sort of, you know, sit down and go, how do we like it? And we sort of could mutually go, eh, or whatever. And um, I know I'm getting ahead in the episodes, but um, there was a moment in flu season, which is coming up where I knew and Mike knew I was staying and it was way before the six episode. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, I'm not even joking. That's, it's fascinating to hear. I remember that six episode kind of whatever trial run on both sides, you want to call it. I literally, I just had lunch with uh, two of my college friends who I hadn't seen in 10 years or something. And I mentioned that I was going to record with you later today. And they were like, when you get into the stop pooping episode, because I say it to my kids, like when everyone's pooping in our house, when everyone's sick, when anyone, you know, it's like, they're like, remember the stop pooping episode? It's like, yeah. So, so it's definitely a moment that, that, uh, you know, it, it kind of all, it all came, came together. The pooping moment, it all came together. But yeah, I mean, yeah. It, and, and kudos to you and, and, and Adam both for really coming in and, you know, aside from the, the jobs you guys did in the show, you know, you're right. You, you didn't fuck up the chemistry in the show because it it's a good vibe So It's a good vibe set. And you guys, you know, you've been the lead of shows. Adam, had, you know, had a great career. And it's like you guys both came in and, and, and really it was seamless. It felt like to us. And you guys were, you know, on your best behavior and, and, and just really, really killed it. So there's a, I, I think it's super important for all actors to know what instrument they're playing in the orchestra is like is and, and what what the music is. And 
you know, I'm, like you said, I, I, you know, I can be a lead in a show. I can be supporting in a show. It doesn't matter to me as long as the, the, the work is good. And, um, but there are different, we talked earlier in the last episode about Amy Poehler and, and how she sets an example. Cause she's number one on the po- the call sheet. Right. Um, and Chris Traeger is not. And so it's a different job. Like Amy's job, you know, is different than Chris's. My job now on 911 Lone Star is different than Chris's because I'm number one on that. And and I, I like to be able to do both of them. And, they're, and they both are equally um, satisfying, but they could not be more different. Yeah, they're um, both fun. I mean, and I, I think from my side, it's like there's a difference between being the showrunner and being on the staff, being part of the team. Yep. You know, it's like it's, yep. they're vastly and they're both fun. You know, they're both really yep. enjoyable. So. Um, let's press on with the episode because it's, it's, it's a great one. At April's party, Tom desperately tries to pick up women, but to no avail. Meanwhile, Leslie and Anne get extremely drunk together. Andy extremely April, drunk. Extremely. One of the great. Extremely drunk. Yes. A great trend in Parks and Rec episodes is people getting drunk. And, and this is kind of a harbinger of things to come. Um, Andy and April appear to be getting along, but when he goes to the bar to get a drink for April, a drunken Anne flirts with him, upset and eager to make Andy jealous. April flirts with over-the-top and annoying Jean-Ralphio. It works, and Andy's bummed, believing he misread April's signals all along. Of course, April later regrets what she did. Ben arrives at the party and tries to smooth things over with a drunken Leslie, but she again angrily lashes out at him. The next morning, Anne fears she made out with someone at the party but can't remember who it would be. Anne eventually learns it was Chris, who shows romantic interest in her and Perkins, he says. Tom returns to the Snake Hole Lounge to close his tab where he meets Lucy, the bartender, played by Natalie Morales. When Lucy makes fun of his efforts to pick up women, it's evidence these two have a flirty chemistry and Tom gets her phone number. I realized watching it, this is the first time I said Ann, Ann Perkins. I, I go, how did that become a thing? How did Ann Perkins become a thing? And I realized it's because of that scene um, where you know we're not she's trying to figure out who she might have made out with and i come in and give her the finger guns and say and perkins and it has a story purpose yeah has a story purpose it's a revelation and it's the performance it's got a little tom cruise it's got the cadence you know there's a reason things become things don't to me it's like things don't really become popular by accident you know what i mean it's Mm. like it's because it hits it hits the first time we're rewatching this episode like yeah it hit that's why it's like that's why i treat yourself hit or whatever it's like it's it's still it holds up it's like yeah that's catchy it's like there's something fun about it it's it's so you know that that chris traeger catchphrases that's one of them and, and it holds up to me i remember coming to the set why was i on the set on a scene that i wasn't shooting all i remember is the I, two memories of being on the set the first time the first is after the meeting in the writer's room alan you took me and showed me the set and i'll never forget it um because the set is spectacular it's a spectacular set it's so real it's so well done it's so finely detailed and i got to see the murals for the first time which is we know make me laugh and you were so great and so nice to me. And we, and I remember that really well. But then the first time I was ever on the set when they were working was at Snake Hole on this episode. And I watched Rashida do her talking head where at the end of it, she's trying to get the straw into her mouth. You yeah. can't find the straw. And um, I just will not, I'll never forget it. I'll, I'll just never forget her doing that. And I just remember also how many takes they gave her to do it. In, in, in like gave her you know to try new things and i thought oh this is going to be f- super fun yeah i mean uh, you know like, these these actors get to play yes because because now having worked on parks and then going on to direct and all this stuff is like we're not doing dolly shots we're not doing inserts we're not you know it's it's just we're just shooting people right it's handheld we're shooting people and that's why you can get 10 takes of a scene instead of two you know what I mean? And that's and that's when you get some gold too. You get people improvising. You get people being loose and having fun. And you know Rashida adding the you know her trying to find the the, the straw and the glass or whatever. Um, but yeah, I remember. I think Mike assigned me to to give you a tour of the set because he's like, yeah, this guy's a writer, but he's not scared of talking to people, so he could go talk to Rob and <laughs> he, he won't be intimidated. But I was like, yeah, that's cool, man. It's just like a a fun thing. It's like this is the dude in Wayne's World. I was like, I, was like, I remember all this stuff, right? It's like, but but yeah, it it, it was it was really fun and 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 you know i'm seeing here in the notes this is this is actually interesting you know rob lowe's kissing scene this is the information rob lowe's kissing scene with rashida jones took place on march 17th which was his first day of shooting and also his birthday do you remember that i do 
I do. I do because I remember it was, you know, it's always fun to have your birthday. And Amy said, oh my God, it's your birthday and you're shooting. Isn't that amazing? Have you ever, and she goes, have you ever shot on your birthday before? And I was like, yeah. 50 and like, times. Oh, and and <laughs> yeah, Amy was like, yeah. Amy immediately did the math. She's like, oh, fucking, of course he knows. Yeah. Like, you know, it was so sweet. Yeah, yeah, I remember 200 credits on his IMDb. He's probably <laughs> shot before. <laughs> That's she so was funny. so sweet. That's and so it was funny. in like, um, and I remember, oh, I know. The other thing is, I kiss Rashida. I'll never forget this. Well, first of all, the first time you kiss Rashida Jones, you're going to remember it, A. And B, we, it was a nighttime exterior, and I was still getting used to how you shoot Parks and Rec. And sometimes you didn't even know where the cameras were. And I'm I'm coming from a traditional TV show, Brothers and Sisters, where that that camera's right up in your mug. Yes, it's on a dolly. I mean, you oh, these these ama- the camera work on, on Parks is so amazing because it's like a documentary. People are everywhere, and I did not know where the camera was. There was a camera down the street. There was a camera in the back of the cab. There were cameras everywhere and yet nowhere. And I thought, this is insane. These people are nuts. And so I just remember kissing Rashida out in the in the street and going, are they filming this? Where's the camera? <laughs> That's fantastic. And like that is the ethos of the show, right? And the camera ops in this case, you know, I believe this season was probably Tom McGill as the A cam and Shauna Hagen as the B cam. You know, they... They, they become like DPs. They become cinematographers because they're making a lot of creative choices. And I think of the best scenes, like the cameras aren't up in your face. You know, it's like the, yeah. you're playing it like a documentary because it, it's a mockumentary and, and you want the, the actors to feel like they're actually in it. So I think that's actually a boon to the actors, you know. Um, you know, a little background about why Chris and Ann even started getting together. You know, after the first table read we had of this episode it was clear that Amy and Adam had some chemistry and, and we kind of had a plan in mind for a long-term arc romantic storyline between the two of them. But we also knew that that was going to be a slow burn and it, was gonna, it wasn't going to you know, ignite immediately. So in the rewrite leading up to the shooting draft, uh, we developed the romantic storyline between Chris and Anne. And, and it was another way, by the way, of, of tying you into the show and just having more spokes on the wheel and having us have the ability to have Chris storylines and Chris and Anne storylines because, you know, again, you just want to tie people in the show as much as possible and have there be a reason why people are, 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 are together. So that, I thought that was a smart decision to make. For sure. Back to the synopsis. Back at the Parks Department, Leslie apologizes to Ben who in turn invites her out for a beer. I want to talk about this because I think this is a great piece of acting on his part. Truly, talk about a guy who can do it all. I mean, that look, I know I'm, I'm not supposed to stop in the middle of synopsis, but you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm taking control. <laughs> um, he, his look where he goes, you want to go for a beer is that's, people won't talk about acting. That's amazing acting. Yeah. He's, the math that he does in his head to come up with the fact that he's going to do ask her this question out of nowhere. It's, it's one of Adam's best moments. It's I love every time I watch this episode, I'm, I'm always struck with that, that moment. It's phenomenal. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up that moment. I'm going to interrupt the synopsis as well. Fuck it. We're doing it. Let's <laughs> but, go. We're getting but, crazy. But, but I, 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 it's so funny that you flagged that moment because I also noticed it and it's super relevant. I just directed Adam in a scene and he asked me a question. He's like, does the character, am I thinking, am I remembering this in the moment or do I know it before? And I was like, let's try one where you remember in the moment. And you know how hard that is to say like, yeah. hey, I'd love to do that. Oh shit, wait, I'm supposed to be in Sweden. The line was something like that. Like I'm going to Sweden tomorrow, whatever it was. And he was able to do it totally effortlessly and and sell you. Like like seeing someone think of something, that is not easy. I, I challenge yeah. you, all you actors out there and non-actors alike, look in the mirror and 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 convey that you just remembered something I, it's not easy it's not easy so yeah i i love that and it's all facial acting you know it's all in the eyes so yeah kudos to adam so they go out for their beer and leslie realizes that she actually knows who ben is only by reputation because he was the 18 year old mayor of the small town partridge minnesota that he promptly drove into the ground so ben became a state auditor to prove that he can be responsible and restart his political career later at a meeting Chris and Ben reveal to Leslie and Ron that Pawnee's budget crisis is worse than they previously thought, and that effective immediately, Pawnee government will be shut down until further notice, horrifying Leslie and Ron and creating a ginormous cliffhanger. 
that will propel us through into the next season. Absolutely. And and, and it's an amazing, it's just, it, 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 again, I love the backstory for, for Adam's character. You know, it's, it's the town mayor. It's so funny. And, and that's, I think that's credit to Mike. He was like, yeah, I, he was fascinated by kid mayors and like, what a funny backstory that he's kind of, it's a redemption story, right? He's like, he, he, he screwed up a town, his hometown, when he was younger and now he's doing that. So yeah, it's really great. I mean, your backstory with the, with the heart condition and then Adam's backstory with this, it, it's just really rich. And I and I think we don't get to Chris's backstory for for actually quite some time. Yeah, and that they you guys were able to organically get to a character's backstory slash subtext within three scenes of the guy <laughs> making his appearance. Yes, is really a some serious writing sleight of hand and without it feeling gratuitous or expositional no, not at you know, all that's, exactly that's the yep. really tough thing is is you know when you when you learn to write or whatever when you're, when you're sort of taking you know classes or whatever like yeah get the get the backstory in. and it's not always about backstory that's actually an interesting point you make rob because for your characters like we kind of know who he is we get it we don't need the backstory immediately for adam's character it just happened that this oh this will this will liven up his character a little bit and so there's two different paths and i think they're both effective and and again it a lot of it is the writing. A lot of it is the is the performance. You know, it's just like he seems like a real dude. He seems like a real dude. Yeah, it it it's this in particular seems super super performance driven. It's like, you know, he's Adams doing a totally different. It's almost like, I mean, the truth of it is, I almost felt sometimes that that Adam and I were in different shows because we're we're working in really different gears, and and it it was a good lesson for me that that's okay. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, there's. There's a world in which I could look at Chris Traeger as one note. And there were days when, like, when I was maybe not as confident as I would like to have been or tired, where I was like, am I just playing, is, am I just going to the same well over and over again with this character? And then the answer is no, you fucking idiot. Shut up. This is great. He's hilarious. Do your thing. And by the way, it's fine. Because what I realize is there's only one choice for Chris. Positive. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, let yeah. There, there's not a seventh way to do it. There's not shades to it, and that's fine. There's a time yeah. and place for those characters. This is not it. He's you're playing an, a human exclamation point. Yeah, yeah, and and you're totally right. Like everyone serves a different purpose in the show, and it's. And Chris Traeger is a pretty hard comedy character, right? It's a hard comedy character, and that's how we wrote him, and that's how you performed it, and, and that's what people loved about it, you know? And it's a different character from, from, from Ben Wyatt, and that's a different character from Ron, you know? It's, it's all different. And for me, to play a hard comedy, because I usually get, like, the sort of romantic lead. I, I get the Ben Wyatt, yeah. usually. Yeah. And then some gnarly comedy hitter would come in and crush as Chris Traeger. And we, so that's what, what I ended up being happy to do is just come in, get my laughs and leave. It was, and leave the romance to somebody else. Was, I mean, that's super it, fun. It, it truly feels that way. I can't speak for you, but it feels like a lot of time leading men or, or guys who are good looking. It's like, I want to do something, you know, it's like, I want to do some, I want to be known for something else. And it's like, how fun, how fun to, to come in and just be this comedy character. Like it's, it, it's, it's, and by the way, kudos to you for being able to do it. Cause you know, a lot of them, a lot of them good-looking guys uh, are not funny. So <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. It, it's hard, man. That's the hardest thing to find in Hollywood is good-looking and funny, right? It's like that's pretty hard. So kudos, kudos. Well, you're only as good as your writing, and that is true. <laughs> it's a good one. Well, we're we're pretty uh, we're pretty done with the synopsis here. Any final thoughts on this episode, Rob? Yeah, um, watching this episode, it just made me super. Um, happy that I got to be a part of the show. Like just, it just like, I'm just so glad that I, that I got to be a part of this and, um, that people, well, you're listening to the podcast about it right now. And it made enough time has gone by that I, I can kind of look at, at and this sounds nuts. And I hate when actors talk like this, they talk about their characters in the third person. It's usually such bullshit and so pretentious. But the fact of the matter is like, I love Chris Traeger. I love that character. And um, I haven't played the character in so is in so long, and it's it's become such a thing that I can look at it and go, oh, I I just like spending time with Chris. I'm glad he's in the show. 
Yeah, I, I, it brought a lot of nostalgia back to me as well. And it, to me, like this is, you know, it's it's like revisiting a decade of your life. You know, this was my 20s. Yes. And it's like, man, it's it's just so fun to see. Because they, they all become your friends, you know, yourself included. So I was like, wow, this is this is the team coming together. This is the Avengers before the Avengers and the comedy Avengers. And it's like, so, man, this is this is a fun one. I can't wait to, to do more episodes that Chris is in. Uh, you ready Yay! to move to the, the oops moment in, in the town hall? Yeah, yeah. what's our oops moment? And what do we got All going right. on in oops for this We episode? got a couple. Party people, Ben says, when he was 18, he chose, whoop, there it is, to play at his inauguration ceremony as mayor of Partridge, Minnesota. However, according to the newspaper article from February 18th, 1993, he was elected mayor on November 7th, 1992. Whoop, there it is, was not released until May 1993 and became popular I mean, later that summer. How, how can you get over this gaffe? Maybe cancel the show. Cancel the podcast. Uh, that's a gaffe. That's a serious <laughs> gaffe. I mean, if you can't remember the exact date of whoop, there it is. You were not listening to the radio. Tag properly. team. Tag team back again. And one more oops moment. The interior of JJ's Diner is different in this episode from when it's seen in Summer Catalog. And that is also different when it's seen in The Reporter. So, yes, wait, in all three wait. episodes, a different interior is used for JJ's Diner. <laughs> Come on. Well, I, by the way, how many town howls have we done at JJ's <laughs> Diner, not knowing that we could actually do three we different do three JJ's different, Diners? Well, yeah, is it the reporter JJ's? Is it Summer Catalog DJ, uh, JJ's? Or is it uh, Master Plan JJ's? It's really funny. That's actually very funny. I feel like I've been to some of these diners. Like, one of them is in Studio City. It's like... Oh, I pass it all the time. Yeah. yeah. All okay, right. We, now we have, for our episode MVP, Most Valuable Pawnian, it's, it's, I think it's... You got to give it co, you know, co, co yes. winners to, to Chris and Ben. That's it, man. Butch and Sundance. It really is the moment when they walk in. You're like, oh, this is the show, and like, it's 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 well written and well performed. It really is. Like when those two guys walk in, you know, first it's it's those uh those ghoulish looking people that 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 Leslie sees, and then you guys walk in. It's like, oh, it's Rob and Adam, and and it's very rewarding because you know if you've re if you're rewatching, you know what it's about to come, and it's like you're just it's exciting to see them. So that that's it, man. That's that 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 that's definitely the MVP. Greg Levine, message from producer Greg. He says, runner-up MVP, April for having the birthday party. That sets up the whole rest of the episode. So runner-up, runner-up is April. Um, uh, it was my birthday when I shot it, and it was a, an episode about her her 21st birthday. See, it's just kismet all around. It's adorable. It really was. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places. Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Shall we take a trip to the town hall slash town hall? And and this, I'm demanding that we do it in the third set for JJ's Diner. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Master plan. This is the third JJ's. JJV3. It's like, uh, yes. there's so many. It's like the number of Rocky movies. Um, all right. The town hall comes to us from Natalie from England, from jolly old England. Hi, this is Natalie from Rotherham in England. Um, short time, first time. Thank you so much for making this podcast. This is literally one of the most exciting things to happen this whole year. So thank you, Team Coco and Alan and Rob. Um, my question is, were there any kind of initial ideas for like romantic interests or for like love, uh, love interests or like romantic storylines that kind of didn't then pan out as the characters evolved? Um, just kind of wanted to know if the people that we know may have ended up with somebody else. 
Uh, anyway, love the show. Uh, love to everyone. Can't wait for the rest of the podcast. Bye. Uh, great question, Natalie. Thank you for listening over there in England. Uh, very exciting. Um, the, the, uh, you know, the one that we've talked about before is Ron and Leslie, but you know, I feel like at some point in the writer's room, you've kind of jokingly or otherwise paired up literally every couple in the entire show. <laughs> so, so it's literally like, you know, it was like, what about literally I remember Greg, Greg Daniels, the co-creator be like, should Tom and Ann get married? <laughs> like literally like, like just the crazy, like literally the craziest stuff. I guess they ultimately did date, but it's like, it, it's, 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 it, it feels like because you're talking about a show for seven years and, and romantic storylines are always fun and people like them, you're just pairing up everybody. Greg, do you remember any other ones? I mean, we did Tom and Ann, so that doesn't even technically answer the question, but do you remember any weird, wacky ones? Well, I was going to say, when you do a storyline, a, a run where Tom and Ann do get together, the answer, I think, is no. You <laughs> haven't left any... <laughs> <laughs> on the floor they're all in there right. <laughs> it's truly crazy it's it's truly crazy when you think oh, oh ron and ann was another one did i feel like ron and ann got pitched at some point it's like no we don't want to do that did, like, wait, we, wait did somebody just have a like a thing for like wanting to see more s- sex with ron swanson because that's kind of what i'm picking up from my end uh, i think it literally is like you you're just you're just you know, if you think about each episode having two to three storylines, at a certain point, you've done 300 storylines. <laughs> so you just are like anything, man. Should Jerry date Donna? Like, you're just like, you're just throwing anything at the wall. But yeah, Ron and Anna was a hilarious one. We never did that. But God, I forget who pitched that. But that's like, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> it's bad. All right. Well, thank you. Um, thank you for that town howl. And um, thank you all out there for listening. I hope you had a good, uh, this was fun. We've been waiting a long time. For, for this one and uh, it's here and um, I'm happy about that and um, so if you enjoyed it please subscribe um, where you get your podcast um, we would love a five star review on Apple um, and thank you to Schulte and Greg uh, the, the the brain trust behind uh, in, in our ears telling us all the smart things to say if it was dumb we, we, we made it up and if it was smart you told us to say it and um, I don't know about you Alan but I say good day sir from Pawnee goodbye from Pawnee Parks and Recollection is produced by Greg Levine and me, Rob Schulte. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. The podcast is executive produced by Alan Yang for Alan Yang Productions, Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Gina Batista, Paula Davis, and Britt Kahn are our talent bookers. The theme song is by Mouse Rat, a.k.a. Mark Rivers, with additional tracks composed by John Danik. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Parks and Recollection. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.